Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, her music is always a blessing, with its gentle and authentic look at the intersection of faith and life. But somehow, this folk pop pioneer captures our ears and our hearts even more at Christmas. Sarah Groves just released her new Christmas record, Joy of Every Longing Heart. And we're pretty thrilled to get to welcome her on the road today. Merry Christmas and welcome aboard, Sarah. How are things on this fine December day? I'm having a great day. It's been uh, a very busy season, but I'm having a great day. You actually just last evening had a very special show there in Minneapolis at your Art House North, I believe. How did that go? We had a great show. So we had two home shows. One was at a church down the street out called Awaken Community, and we packed it out and sold it out. So we added a show at the Art House as a fundraiser for Art House, and we sold that one out as well. So we had two nights in a row of great, a um, lot of fun music, and we, when we're at home, we kind of add extra players. So we had an extra guitar player and just some just fun elements of that things we can only do when we're home. So it was great. Now this incredible community that you have there in St. Paul, Minnesota of art house North. Want to ask you so much more about that a little bit later on, but let's introduce folks to the Christmas record. First, you've said that the new record joy of every longing heart is a bit of a bookend to your first Christmas album. Oh, Holy night in terms of focus and content. How so? Well, I think we, all of us in the band, we love that record so much in the sense of when we get to pull it out each year and go play the music from it, um, starting, you know, usually after Thanksgiving, we're playing this music for the last 10 years. And every time we are pulling out those charts and are rehearsing, um, last year, my drummer just said, this is such a joyful time for me every year. I love these songs. I think that this story bears up under an infinite number of retellings. And so when we even went to do the first record, we had so many leftover ideas and other, you know, other things. Uh, the, the story to me of incarnation is like a gem that you can turn and turn. There's so many facets to it. So many great music has already been written about it. So it was really just fun for us and, and felt just like it was time for us to work on a second record. Mm. And we looked to the first one as a template. So it has a lot of, of um, retuned uh, traditional carols and that kind of thing, a couple new songs, and then just overall the feeling I think of a, of, of quiet or of, um, I don't know. I just, I felt, and I ended up saying it after I finished the record, but I think I made an advent record this time more than mm. even a Christmas album there's a quietness to it that um, really resonates with me. Uh, it feels a little less um, circled up around the nativity and more in that waiting pre-dawn kind of space where the stage has been set and everyone's waiting. Jesus is there, but he's invisible. Hmm. And um, so I think that's kind of where the, where the record resides. 
I love that turn of phrase that you used about turning the precious gem over and over and seeing the new details and the new facets because honestly, it's something that I've always wondered about the music of Christmas. You, you've heard these songs again and again. You know, we probably sung them hundreds of times, but when you come back to Christmas, somehow they're fresh and they're new and they take you back in a way that kind of defies logic, but I love the way you put that. It, it kind of put words to what so many of us, I think, have been feeling. Yeah, and you have these unbelievable lyrics embedded in these songs. When you think about this, the title of the record is taken from Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, and this is Charles Spurgeon writing this, um, the text for this, uh, reflecting on the treatment of, um, of orphans in his community. So he's just heartbroken about the injustice and the way that children are being treated, and he writes, pens this text. And then probably 80 years later, um, Charles Wesley is in London and gives a sermon along the same lines, just calling on people to basically, you know, do the things that God has set before us to do. And, um, and he, uh, he quotes this from Charles Spurgeon, and then it becomes, he kind of popularizes it. So in modern huh. terms, he retweets. Uh, Charles Wesley retweets Charles Spurgeon, and then it becomes um, viral or becomes famous, and that becomes the then they set the text. You know, they set that to the the um, the tune that it that it is known for. But um, yeah, so you have um, unbelievably rich lyric lyric content in a lot of these older songs, and um, I think they can be such a treasure in that way these songs, like you said, can become like almost like an old rug in your house that you just get so used to. You yeah. walk on it every day. And then maybe one day a friend comes over and comments or, you know, and, and you have like a moment where you see something you've had around you for a long time in a different light. And I think that's how the story can kind of pop out at you sometimes an aspect of it. And for me, that's kind of what Advent is about. Um, there's something always every year about the story that kind of is elevated or rises up for me. And, um, and then that'll be kind of what I ruminate on. And that, that leads me into Christmas in a lot different spirit than if I'm, you know, if I'm not really thinking about this story that way and the music definitely helps with that, you know, process. Well, I love the description of, of what your heart was with come Thou long expected Jesus. It's one of the songs that really stood out to me as well. And in terms of the soundscape, I just love the folk feel and just that hint of a gentle guitar that you approach Come Thou Long Expected Jesus with. What did you want to do there? Well, that arrangement is actually by John Mark Nelson. He did two arrangements on the record for um, O Come, O Come, which is just lovely and really fun and very different than the uh, much lighter than the um, more minor you know, version that we normally sing. Yes. And then Come Thou Long Expected also has its like, it's, um, Swung, you know, so you're kind of, it is the original melody, but you're, it's, it's set to a swing a little bit. And, um, and it just has like, a, to me, I, I hope that that retuning, and there's such a movement to retune these old hymns um, anyway. And I think that it helps us in, in our modern mind in time to just like, um, just to access that lyric and something can maybe we can hear it better. You know, even with the first record, I want to retuned, um, it came upon a midnight clear. Um, you beneath life's heavy load, whose forms are bending low, who climb along the toiling way with painful steps so slow. Look now for glad and golden hours mm. come swiftly on the wing. I mean, there's so much there mm. that's so beautiful about the crushing realities of 
life on earth and then this like but lift your head there's hope you know the divine has come to to experience what we're experiencing and to be um with us in it and so um i think that a new like even that lightheartedness of come thou long expected jesus can um kind of get that lyric in front of you again in a way that that maybe you couldn't hear it with that with older treatments there's a line, Nicholas Cage says it in National Treasure when he's reading the Declaration of Independence. What does he say? They, people just don't talk that way anymore. <laughs> yes. I wish they would. Yeah. We're talking with Sarah Groves today, the much-beloved recording artist whose new Christmas record is available now. It's called Joy of Every Longing Heart. You mentioned O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and this lovely, mellow, yet bright reimagination. And people have just been identifying with that and have heard so many people talk about how much they love that new take on O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Is the song itself a pretty meaningful one for you? It is. I think any of these that express this, this longing, you know, come the long expected Jesus, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, there's such like a plaintive cry in that um, and and I think we can all identify with it when we look at ourselves and I can look at certain parts of my life and say, um, oh, you did, you did do this in me. I can see that I'm better, you know, in this regard. But then we look at other parts of our life and it just feels like, when will that ever, when will that ever change or, or be better? Or uh, when will I have relief from this experience or, or any number of things? And we have relationships that are broken. We look around the world and see, um, a certain way of being in the world. And we hope, I hope that way doesn't win, you know, um, I just, you, you see the way certain way that people are addressing each other and are, um, engaging with their brother. And it just feels like, ah, how long, oh Lord, you know, until, um, until this, this beating our, our weapons into plowshares and all these promises are, are going to come. And so I think in that song is this plaintive cry, a longing, um, for things to be set right. And we all can, we all at every level of our lives can see that and experience that. So I think it speaks to what it means to be human. I was watching a, a TV show the other day, just sometimes I put, put on like these old TV shows during lunchtime or whatever. And it was like in the heat of the night, the old like Carol Connors show. Or, sure. but, um, this guy was talking about this, this inmate had gotten off easy. He'd gotten an easy um, he'd gotten off on parole and the guy said, you know, these people are suffering from his crime while he has no trouble. Like he gets off and, and the character, the main character just says, um, you tell me when any of us above ground are out of trouble, you know, Whoa. basically when we cease to have trouble, you know, and, and he said, um, basically like this man's trouble isn't over. And um, I thought, whoa, first of all, <laughs> I need to start taking notes when I'm watching in the heat of the night. But um, but it just was, it kind of hit me that that's, I really think that's true. And that's what we're feeling in that song. Even if life is easy for, even if we have a lot of the sort of, you know, easy accoutrements of life, I think we all feel this longing for things to be, um, you know, in that, that kingdom way to really come and break through and, mm-hmm. and be our way, you know, be what comes naturally to us. This is totally unrelated to that beautiful sentiment, but can I just salute you for the classy way you pronounce the word accoutrements? That was so neat. <laughs> well done. Oh, thank you. I, I toggle between accoutrement and <laughs> accoutrements. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Well, 
when so many people talk about what listening to your work does, you know, they'll say it calms them. It helps direct them to some heavenly peace. You know, in the midst of the chaos, life can often be. The thing that's really powerful about that reality, you yourself have battled anxiety and depression throughout your journey. What does that look like in your life, first of all? Well, it is it is still with me. I I have um when it when it was at its worst, uh, it, like around oh like the start really stretched from like twenty eleven to twenty thirteen. Um, that was the most profound episode of of depression I had had. Um, I was in the process of kind of uh, people in my life were giving me a lot of good advice, but I was hearing a lot and realizing that my faith community didn't have a lot of space for it, for this. They made it all about spirituality. And so I had to really take a journey and say, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I, no one is praying about this more than I am. And mm-hmm. I just really felt in that season that, um, that God, the, this is such a, a terrible, not, it's just like in the, it, the word doesn't sound great, but I, my image of God was that he was squatting next to me. <laughs> that he was low and with me. And I, so I thought, okay, it, when I would pray and when I would talk to the Lord and, and really unburden my heart, um, my sense was that he was, was compassionate towards me, that this was a part of, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, that um, he was with me in it. So then I had to ask myself, where are these judgmental thoughts coming from and this heaviness of shame? I mean, I just carried so much shame about, um, you know, just the the waking up and having extra rocks in your backpack. Uh, it just slows you down, you know, and it has actual real world uh, repercussions. And so um, I would just be so down on myself about all these repercussions. And um, and I had to, I had to go get real help. And when I say real help, I don't mean that prayer help wasn't help. It just, I had to go and recognize that um, I've, I've asked for, you know, for this to be lifted, but it's not, it hasn't been lifted. And so how do I learn how to live in my body? And I'm not alone. There are a lot of people who are dealing uh, with it. And I come by it very honestly uh, in my, you know, even my family makeup. So um, so for me, it is, it is something I have a lot more language for now that I've admitted that it, it is um, not to say, because I, I don't know where, where does the spiritual man end and where does the sort of physical man begin? I don't know how those things work together. It is, to me, a profound mystery. But I know that, um, that I now have better language about what was happening, what happens in my body. I now can tell my family, my husband, you know, uh, I'm just having a bad week. You guys bear with me, and it makes it it really lets grace abound in a way that hadn't wasn't happening before when I was making it all about, um, you know, or when I was ha- having these external messages about my my own spiritual fitness, I guess, and having it be sort of some sort of litmus test yeah. for my spirituality. So for me, it's it's still a reality. Um, I definitely have, you know, have grown. Uh, a great deal. And I'm grateful for the people in my life that have given me good language and coordinates for how to move forward. And, um, but, uh, but it is a reality for me and I just have to, you know, again, I think we all have to learn how to live in our bodies. Some of us have physical disabilities. Some of us have more hidden internal disabilities and, um, or things going on. So, um, and, and I don't want that uh, I said this a long time ago, but I don't want to become Gollum. I don't want to sit there and say, this is my thing and leave me alone. And this is, you know, this is mine or something. Um, 
So without letting it define me at the same time, I, I press on to take hold of the things that Jesus has set for me, but also recognizing this is part of my story. Wow. Well, I mean, thank you so much for talking about it because it has to be, there, there are so many people who struggle with it and, and so many of us find that it is very difficult to talk about, but you being willing to, to step up and talk about it. I mean, that's, that's connecting with people and ministering to people in such a huge way. So honestly, just thank you. Thank you. It took me a bit. I have written, tried to write pretty transparently about my marriage and about all kinds of aspects of my life. It took me a long time to, to write about this because I did feel a lot of shame. And I, I had, again, I came, it grew up in a context that, that didn't have a lot of room for it um, as a, as an actual physical, you know, condition or whatever it was, it was very much, it's a spiritual problem. And so um, I would just say to anybody listening that, that is being told that, um, boy, be careful, you know, cause I, I think um, if you need to go get help, <laughs> take care of yourself, you know, find people. I needed to just ask someone what's happening to me physically, what's going on when I'm experiencing this, this churn, you know, an unbelievable feelings of conflict for no reason. So it would feel like I, you know, if you had to do something really hard that day, like fire somebody, or if you've been fired, you know, that level of churn, but I would feel that on a normal Monday for no reason. So that would happen for weeks on end. Why? Why is my body kicking up all this dust for for no reason? So I needed to go find some clinical professionals that were going to help me kind of understand what was going on. And then from there, I could unpack, um, wow, I'm really believing this, this, this thing is playing really loud. This radio plays really loud in my head all day. And how can I so that, again, how, where does the spiritual and the physical, how do they work together? I'm not exactly sure. And a lot of it ends up looking the same. Think on these things, you know. But, um, but when I was in the middle of it to be told, all you need to do is say these verses, you know, <laughs> was not always the most helpful thing. So I think a lot of people, obviously, are struggling. We have a lot of people in crisis right now in mental yep. health. And yep. um, so, yeah, my heart goes out to people to um, take care of yourself and, and uh, find places where you have that, have that support. Well, if you're tuning in today on Faith Radio's On the Road and thinking, boy, I recognize that voice. Who is that? That would be Sarah Groves, the much beloved recording artist whose new Christmas record is available now. It's called Joy of Every Longing Heart. You know, turning back to the music uh, for just a moment, you have been described as a folk pop pioneer, which is just kind of a cool thing to be described as in any case, right? (laughs) But it it really does seem that the folk sound and the folk genre and spirit just continues to be on the march in popular music. Do you have a sense of why that might be? Well, I think that the songwriter will never go away. I remember a long time ago, uh, Matt Slocum of Six Cents on the Richer said that the content provider will never go away. And what he meant by that was that even when, even as we turn things move more towards digital and we move towards different sort of formats and even music making the person that is sort of naming our emotions or like creating at the actual content um, is still needed. You know, you can't just make kind of make something out of nothing and the digital stuff and all that, the way, even the way you approach making music, I mean, that's as creative as there, as there are as the number of hearts in the world, you know, and so there's room for all of us, I think. But I don't think that the, the singer-songwriter um, in that straightforward um, kind of 
uh, plain-faced way will go away. I think that we we want to hear still from that troubadour, you know, and so mm-hmm. I have found that to be true in my own life. Even even if someone is is kind of coming at like even a um, like you have music like Cigarettes where you have this just it's a feeling. It's not even you don't even understand the lyric, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's a really very valid and, and cool way to to think about music, but. Um, man, I think about the songs that really cut through to me, and it was the it was the storytelling and the naming of emotion. I I think that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is, or what compels me um, is less the music and more um, I just have to name what I'm experiencing, and and that's why I think I'm even though I, I get tired being on the road. I've been at it twenty twenty one years, and. Um, I think it's important even as we age that we can kind of hang in there and keep speaking and keep doing it because um, there will be a certain sort of gravity and as far as the attention and the, and the mass appeal to, to younger and to youth. And I think that's just kind of a natural human thing. But I think I want to hear from some older women. I want to hear from older people that are now you're aging and you're sending your kids to college and you're, you're experiencing these losses and you're being decentralized and, it's your whole thing is changing and where are the songs for that eat that time of life, you know? So I feel compelled to keep kind of writing because um, there are a set of ears that are listening to me that have we all along. I've been, I've been naming my own stuff and then that's been helping them name things that they feel. So, um, so to me, I think that songwriting will never go away. Uh, that's lovely stuff. Uh, talking to Sarah Groves here today, our time quickly marching away. And so we, before we go anywhere, we want to make sure and talk about where we can learn more about you. Obviously the music available wherever fine music is sold. But if people do want to go and, and follow you on the social means, has the young people say <laughs> in your website, yep. where should they go, Sarah? SarahGroves.com. There's no H on Sarah. And then I'm Groves Road. That's my handle for all the Twitters and the Grams. So Groves Road. I like that. All the Twitters and the Grams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much says it all. All right. In the album called Joy of Every Longing Heart, it is just beautiful reimaginations of of just treasured and timeless songs. In just the few moments that we have left, your family has done something really epic in this decade. We're about to already greet a new decade. First of all, is that, can you believe that that's going to happen in just days? No, I can't believe it. Yeah, me neither. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but you were inspired to turn a century old church into a space for creatives to get there together in your twin cities home and explore the things that Jesus was interested in. You say you call it art house North and that is quite dear to you, I believe. It is. It's um, right here in our neighborhood, and we it's fashioned after Charlie Peacock's Art House in Nashville, and our tagline is creative community for the common good. So a, a lot of things fit under that. That's a pretty broad umbrella, but we have concerts and plays, and we have a theater company that partners with us here. A church meets there on the weekends. Um, we have a square dance every year. We have, Trey and I have an uh, event called Artists Respond where we kind of talk about different cultural topics uh, through the lens of the arts. We have a artist scripture study. So the bu- the building is busy all week long and uh, it's just been, it's all volunteer. It's just the overflow of our life, but it's been one of the greatest joys. 
I believe you downsized, you said 80%. You moved from the home where you were to be just doors down to Art House North, and you you downsized by 80% in your living space, right? We did. We had, you know, we had like our suburban mini kingdom and um, and just were doing what we felt like. I think this is what you're supposed to do. And then one day we woke up and just felt like I, this is somebody's dream, but it's not our dream. And um, so we realized we were living someone else's dream. And, and we found uh, through the process of searching with some friends, found the art house. And then this little house was for sale down the street, 700 square feet. Uh, we added a little bit to it. It was 900 by the time we moved in. Hey. But um so yeah, family of five. We had teenagers, and uh, we all we all. It, I say that that has that house is a hug. <laughs> and um, but it, yeah, it, it's been a, an incredible journey. But we basically traded our our house for the little house and the art house, and mm. we see the art house as a an extension of our home, uh, kind of like a giant living room, and um, and treat it as such. You know, with hospitality and. Um, so yeah, it's just like I said, it's kind of the overflow of our life. Well, I know that it has already earned a very special place in the heart there of the Twin Cities as well. But we've been talking with Sarah Groves today on the road for Faith Radio. The much-beloved recording artist, the new Christmas record available now is called Joy of Every Longing Heart. And it is beautiful, beautiful stuff. Well, my goodness, what a treat it's been to meet you, Sarah, and to talk to you today. Thank you so much for your work, for sharing this new music, and for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Ryan. I enjoyed this conversation so much. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.